Welcome to Dice Camera Action in Audio Form. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk. Chris Perkins is the dungeon master for the amazing group of adventurers known as the Waffle Crew. They've been broadcasting on twitch.tv slash dnd at 4 p.m. Pacific time every Tuesday for a while, but we wanted to give fans who prefer to listen in audio form a way to follow their adventures. We're going back to the start of the Waffle Crew's adventures in Barovia and the greater Sword Coast area and publishing them all on this new podcast feed. Going forward, we'll be releasing weekly episodes pulled from the live stream here on the Dice Camera Action RSS. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecameraaction.gamepedia.com for full episode recaps and information about all the NPCs, guest appearances, and adopted pets of the party. For this episode, we'll pick up right when Chris Perkins says hello to the crew. Enjoy this suboptimal party. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Dice Camera Action. Yay, it's been two weeks! Yay! <laughs> yes. So scared. After, after a brief hiatus, uh, we're going to jump right in. So previously in Dice Camera Action, Evelyn took the remains of Simon, a.k.a. Murderbot, to a retired dwarf engineer and toy maker named Master Tyrum Flamebane. The dwarf spoke in murmurs, but did remark on Evelyn's beauty. After sacrificing herself to save her friends, Diath and Strix, Evelyn was rescued from the clutches of the soulmonger by Paulton in spirit raven form, and her soul somehow became trapped in Master Flamebane's construct, which bore a striking resemblance to her. All right. Uh, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, thanks. It should be fun. <laughs> Glad you're all caught up. Okay, so before we jump to Evelyn and Paulton, I'd like to go back to the other part of Citadel Adbar where the ritual was performed. There, after a blinding flash of light subsides, the body of Evelyn is gone, and all that you, Strix, and you, Diath, can see as you stare across from each other is uh, the body of Dr. Rudolf Van Richten lying on the floor, still clad in the heavy leather robes and uh, his hood uh, sort of askew. And uh, you can see, you can't tell right now instantly whether he's alive or dead. Uh, the other thing you notice um, as you begin to move around or, or get up from the chairs that you're in is that uh, there is something glowing on each of your hands where the gold ring for the ritual was placed. And you see it is the ring itself. It seems to have absorbed a lot of the golden dawn light that washed over Evelyn until she disappeared. And those, those glowing rings gradually begin to, the light begins to fade and subside until they become mere gold rings, and yet you feel like there's some power trapped inside them now that wasn't there before. I don't like how shiny it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The gold light seems to fade even as you watch it. Uh. Jasper Dimmerchasm, a dwarf friend of yours whom you rescued, uh, throws open the door to the room and you can see uh, Waffles is with him, your baby owlbear pet. And he 
is uh, he obviously knows something happened and he begins to scan the room for trouble and then sees Van Richten on the floor and then turns to you and just sort of... Uh, <laughs> can I jump down and go check if he's dead? Yeah, you uh, can uh, make a uh, medicine check. All right. I'm not actually, like, caring a lot. <laughs> okay. I'm just kind of like, I don't, I don't really want to deal with a body right now on top of everything else. So while she does that, to DF, ostensibly, everything went as planned. So yeah. he just knows that Evelyn is now gone and you know, he yes. sees the ring on his hand so he just silently right. collapses down to his knees. Astrix yes. sees that and she's like, she's not gone. She's not gone. We, look, there's look, she's in the celestial plane. I know where that is. We'll find it. We just have to find another gate. I can find one. It's fine. She starts like so like as she's like <laughs> explaining this while yeah. rifling through Van Richten to see if he's live and I only roll a 13. <laughs> uh, actually, a, thir- a 13 is enough to confirm that yes, he is alive. But as you kind of uh, turn him over a little bit, um, you can see, and you, you pull the mat, you pull the hood off his head, and he looks disheveled and pale, but he was wearing goggles, tinted goggles, and you can see that they're all sort of smoky and opaque. Ooh, that's weird. Oh, does eyes burst? Does he have eyes anymore? <laughs> uh, when you pull the goggles off, the smoke just sort of billows out of his empty eye sockets. Ah! I dropped them! (laughs) And then he just sort of gasps, uh, obviously still very much alive, but clearly without eyes at this point. Ah, Chris, ew! Chris, ew! Not to alarm you, but uh, your eyes are gone. Yeah, he is, uh, he is barely conscious um, and uh, not, he can't even respond to you. His voice just sounds parched, cracked, and unable to say anything. Oh, this, this is so bad. Uh, I'll take part of my robe and just kind of tie it around his, okay. his eye like a little like, like blinder. Yeah, you tear off a piece of your robe or whatever, some moths fly out, and then <laughs> wrap it around his head, tie, off, tie not, it around his eyes. Not the best to put on an open wound, but you know what? I'm trying my best here. Yeah, and uh, Jasper kneels down beside you, and he has some clerical ability, and uh, when he looks at the eyes, he tells you that there's not much he can do about that. Um, he doesn't have regeneration, but he does administer a healing prayer to Van Richten to undo the pain and some of the damage otherwise that he took. And clearly, after this ritual, Strix and I feel lifted of our death curses. Like we don't uh, have yes. choking pain or anything. Exactly. The, the effects of, of that horrible, horrible death curse seem to have completely abated. Well, that's good. All right. Strix, by the way, is still talking and explaining to DF how they can get to the celestial plane. She's just going mm-hmm. through all the. She's convinced that Evelyn isn't gone, but there's just a way they can just go get her back. Yeah. And yeah, from what you can tell, it's as if the morning light just sort of claimed her. Yeah. Right. Just straight up took her yeah. away. All right. Uh, so uh, uh, Jasper starts to, um, uh, being, being of a clerical sort, uh, he begins to sort of uh, pick Van Richten up off the floor, and uh, he sets him down in one of the chairs and says that he had better get him to a temple as quickly as possible. He hands, by the way, uh, waffles back over to you, Strix. Oh, good. 
Strix is just like, don't look waffles. Yeah, waffles. Uh, you got, you've got her on. You've got the Alba on a short leash and harness, basically. I cover okay. her eyes. Okay. <laughs> so DS finally kind of comes to a little bit uh, after a quick glance around the room and just kind of openly addresses not not necessarily Strix or Jasper, but rather just the room. Mm-hmm. He just says, "Where is Paulton?" His absence is so important. <laughs> <laughs> last, last, last you saw him, he was standing next to Van Richten dressed up in a raven costume. Oh, it's going to be a lot harder to rescue two people from the celestial plane. Is that, is that supposed to happen? Is he supposed to be gone too? I don't think no wise barmy face over here is going to know anything. He's... We're, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> Strix just starts crying. Chris laughs at Strix crying. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so what do the two of you want to do at this point? Well, can we, I guess we'll tell Jasper, do you know of a temple that you can take him to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Citadel Bar, he says, has has temples dedicated to dwarven deities such as Moradin and Dumathoin and uh, so on and so forth, Clangadin, Silverbeard. Uh, he will take uh, Van Richten to one of those temples to see if anything can be done. All right. Strix is just like, just yeah. choose one. They're all the same. Just yeah. go. <laughs> all right. So the dwarf, the dwarf leads the blind vampire hunter out of the room. Before he leaves, uh, can I ask, does a... Uh, is Jasper familiar with this ritual or the specifics of it or anything? No, this ritual that Van Richten performed was not uh, okay. anything that the dwarf would know about. It was right. it was an old Vistani pagan ritual. Okay, got it. All right, so he, did, so he doesn't know anything about it, so he doesn't know anything that what happened or why? No. Okay. Nor can, right. he, nor, nor can Jasper speculate on what may have become of Paulton. Uh, Strix and Pelton leave at some point, or did I did I miss something? Uh, Strix is too busy drawing on the slab where Evelyn was sitting with a piece mm-hmm. of chalk and showing you that this is where you are, and it's like a circle, and she's pointing like <laughs> there's some mountains and a sun, and it says Lathander up here, <laughs> and it says this is where we need to go. We need to find how to get here, and then there's a bunch of drawings on the bottom that has an angry little devil face, and she's like, we don't want to go here. <laughs> She's just ignoring you. <laughs> All right. Uh, the morning sun has risen and is casting its light into the stone room in which you stand, um, which is sort of on the outskirts of the Citadel Adbar Fortress. You wanted a place where you could do this that faced the dawn sun, and that was fairly private. You wouldn't be disturbed. Um, so you're, you're a little out of the way. Um, you know it'll take Jasper a while to get Van Richten back to the heart of the Citadel, and it will take you some time as well. Uh, meanwhile, though, Strix is drawing pictures in chalk on the beer. <laughs> And uh, uh, Diaz, do you want to wait for her to explain celestial mechanics to you? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, he yeah. lets her kind of go through everything, not really absorbing all the information there. Okay. <laughs> so it's, just, it's very frantic, but... 
Okay. Half of it's very like nonsensical too. She's like, and then we need to find maybe, maybe like a raccoon skull. I don't know. We can fill it with beans. And then when we fill it with beans, then we have to throw it into this one pile of trash. And then maybe it might take us to Arborea. I don't know. And she's like, still like going through all these things she remembers. While you're uh, basically just dumping your third grade celestial mechanics make a arcana check for me. Okay. She's like screaming about beans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 19. Uh, you recall as you're just spouting stuff, um, <laughs> it suddenly dawns on you in the midst of this that you may know what happened to Paulton. It just occurs to you like a moment of inspiration. It's and not is, beans. Uh, because he was, because he, in, in this ritual, he was basically playing a role of sort of a guardian shepherd to ensure that the soul got to where it needed to in the afterlife. It's possible that during the ritual, either intentionally or maybe um, haphazardly, he was uh, drawn into the afterlife with Evelyn and either chose not to return or could not return. All right. I will communicate that to Diaf and add, so it could be worse. I don't know. I, I guess I wouldn't blame him. Why would he want to come back? Oh, okay. Strix is going to shake him really hard and be like, pay attention to me! <laughs> Why are you being weird? Then she'll slap him. Oh, okay. Ooh. He's like, we have to rescue our friends! And how would we go about doing that? I just told beans. you, it involves the skull, the beans, and finding both of them. You're so we need sure, to leave. You're pretty sure with your successful arcana check that, that you might be wrong on the beans. <laughs> she's, she's just pretending. It doesn't matter. She knows more than Diaz. She knows that. <laughs> so at this point, Diaz will just kind of uh, uh, solemnly follow Strix's lead. Okay. Strix is really mad right now. Strix, at what point do you want to leave? Oh, right now. As soon as he asks, asks solemn at all she's just like <laughs> and then turn, or turns around <laughs> okay. and just like pushes the door open with like magical force <laughs> okay uh with with waffles bounding ahead of strix uh strix leaves the room yeah all right fall. yeah and then okay. dragging his feet he'll uh, kind of go with her okay um as you make your way back into the heart of the stronghold um and down a hallway that has these sort of deep set alcoves with dwarven statues in them. Um, uh, you can see that because this part of the citadel isn't well lit, uh, you uh, need to supply your own light as you did coming here. It's no big deal. You have something to light the way. She has her drift globe. Uh, or that, yes. You have, yeah, we have, you, have, you have Strix's drift globe um, in her hand uh, or just floating next to her, lighting the way as you go. I'd like you both to make perception checks. Okay. I like to imagine that Strix just passive aggressively like slams the drift globe into Diaz's hands. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Uh, 20. I got a 22. Uh, 20 as well, not All a right. 22, but. As you are both marching uh, back uh, to the Citadel, you uh, suddenly get the sense that danger is nearby, that there are figures hidden behind the dwarf statues in the alcoves threatening figures. The hackles on the back of your neck go up. Um, you, you might hear something like a little bit of crumbly stone fall to the floor. Uh, that seems out of sorts. What do you do? Uh, I'm just stop immediately and slam DF against the wall. Yeah, like at that point, uh, DF is like 
even also like very clear of this. So like not even like looking at Strix, but kind of looking around him. He's already got like a hand on the hilt of his sword. Okay. Uh, then you are not surprised when slinking out from behind the statues into the hall are four creatures that look like that. They look so nice. Are those the, the gnolls? Are we looking at the gnolls? You're looking at bugbears. Oh, bugbears. Okay. Yeah. Be nice. They don't Wait, have what? their tank. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yes, these bugbears come out, and despite their size being about seven feet tall, they move with a quiet stealth that is quite unnerving. Uh, all you see is their eyes and fangs uh, and their big pointy ears uh, bear down on you, and they raise uh, heavy morning stars. What the hell are bugbears doing down here? That's, That's definitely weird. <laughs> that is a fair question. And uh, one of the bugbears... Uh, says in common the flask give us a flask what? I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> uh, what <laughs> and uh, at that point he uh, looks your confusion seems to register on his face a little bit and he reaches into uh, uh, between two pieces of his armor and pulls out a crumbled up piece of paper and growls and groans <laughs> he actually puts his weapon up against the wall when he realizes he can't unfold the page and he starts to unfold in his big furry <laughs> fingers this little piece of paper and <clears throat> gets frustrated, and then finally gets it open, looks at it, and then turns it to you, opens it, turns it to you, and you see it is a charcoal sketch of the magical iron flask. Oh. Oh, that flask. Then he crumples it up and throws the paper down on the ground. The flask! Give it to us! Strix will say, it's, it was up in the mountain when it exploded. Uh, it was the, uh, the, where the fire giants just left it up, it was up there. Lies. Yeah, Strix, you're not good at that. <laughs> Shut up, Diaz. Shut up. <laughs> All right. Uh, they begin to uh, beat on you. I'd like the two of you to roll initiative. God damn it. If you're going to lie, don't give them more information maybe, than maybe necessary. Maybe don't openly say you're bad at lies. <laughs> How did you do, Strix? Uh, I got a three. Oh, okay. 23. 23. DF, you react more quickly than they do. All right, wonderful. Uh, there's four of them? There are four of them. How close are they to me? Uh, they are all within 10 feet of you. Two ahead of you and two behind you. Oof. All right. I got the ones behind, and then, uh, like, uh, kind of about face, uh, lunge forward with a short sword and just engage whichever one. Okay. All right, so this is the first attack of the uh, stream. I'm going to make it special. So while Holly was at the Origins event uh, with you, Chris, last weekend, she went and got me a special gift. It's a new dice set. Yeah. Of, uh, it's, it's not 
This is a, a D20 made out of actual amethyst. It's pretty <gasps> sweet. Which That's is so cool. Super, I got the whole set, which is super cool since, Whoa. as we all know, Diaz has that piece of amethyst yeah. as a necklace around his neck. So Yes. That's so, so cool. There we go. First, first amethyst D20 attack. Oh, roll. please don't be a one. <laughs> oh, my God. There's no way. There's no way. Hold on. I get to show it. This is... I don't know if it's, it's freaking 20, okay? Oh, freaking 20. That's My, amazing. <laughs> the odds aren't even. No way. Friendship dice. <laughs> Holy smokes. So, ah. Take that, chat. All the people who are like, here comes a one. <laughs> <laughs> We've suffered enough. Now it's time. That's so awesome. All right. Uh, Never roll that die again, Jared. Yeah, it's done. Yep. End on a high note. Yep. <laughs> All right. So this is not a sneak attack, just a uh, critical hit, right? Uh, that is correct. All right. So then I'm hitting for a total of 13. 13 points? Yes. All right. Uh, that bugbear is quite wounded by your attack, and uh, they go next. Uh, two of them will attack you, Diath. Oops. Okay. Uh, one of them rolled a 20 to hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, he does 13 points of damage with his Morning Star. All right, and that gets the uncanny dodge. Okay. So six. six uh, that it's a round is, down. Round uh, it's round down. Yeah. All right, so six. Uh, the second one swings and only rolls a seven, so you easily dodge out of the way of that one. All right. Uh, Strix, two of them attack you. Uh, since you haven't acted yet, uh, they actually get... They're actually a little bit more accurate because you're kind of flat-footed. Wow. Uh, one Say of them, the least. One of them rolls an 18. Oh, yeah, they hit me for sure. Okay. Uh, it does 18 points of damage. All right. And then the second one is also going to hit you, and it's going to do uh, 20 points cool. of damage. Great. So you are knocked about. and uh, I'm then, very mad. <laughs> and uh, Strix, you're up. Uh, on your turn, you can see that Waffles is sort of hankering or tugging on the leash to get at one of the bugbears. Let her loose. Yeah, let her out. <laughs> Do it. All right. Well, first thing, I will let Waffles go and just go, go my feet. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she immediately bolts and tries to uh, bite one of the bugbears on the leg. Uh, and I'll have you roll a d20 for me. Uh, okay, cool. Holly. Oh, I got a 20! Hey! <laughs> yeah! What? Are you joking? <laughs> this is impossible! <laughs> We've been dreading this day, but it's actually filled with happy. <laughs> All right. How? Uh, what? Okay. No way. I know. Okay, roll, roll 2d4 for a crit. Waffle's right. first ever attack roll. <gasps> My little girl. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 2d4, she got a 4. Okay. Uh, that so bugbear cries out in pain and starts to hop up and down uh, as blood awesome. begins to pour from his thigh. Um, Strix is super happy for her. Yeah, and he sort of reflexively kicks at Waffles, but Waffles kind of nimbly gets out of the way. And then it's like baby all grown up and yeah. killing out, killing bugbears. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Strix, what do you do? Uh, um... I am going to go ahead and is there any place that I could uh, perhaps misty step in this hallway? Or are we 
yes, you can misty step outside of combat in either direction, sort of back the way you came or further okay. toward where you want to go. Cool. And that would be my bonus action. So yep. I'm going to go ahead and do that. Just okay. back away from their combat area. Yep. And then do you want to go uh, so back toward the way you came. Yeah. Back okay. towards the way I came. It's like, it. whoop, just like okay. backing up. Yep. And then I'm going to careful spell fireball them. Okay. And because I'm angry. So yep. ah! A big fireball goes off all around UDF. Flames swirl, but do not He's touch used to you. it. Yeah, quite, quite used to it at this point, really. Yep. Waffles is used to it, too. She just sort of plops down. <laughs> and watches, watches as the flames all around her. All right. Uh, 31. Ow. And what's the save, DC? Save DC is 16 now. Okay. Uh, all of the bugbears were able to dodge it and take half damage. So they take, sorry, you said 31? 31, so, yeah. So 15 points of damage. Uh, that kills the one that you attacked earlier, DF. Damn right it is. And all of the others are now quite wounded. Hopefully it alerts some dwarves, too, to our predicament. <laughs> yes, there is a big whoosh, which will carry some distance. All right. And uh, Anna. Yes. You see yourself in the mirror, but it is not you. It is a facsimile of you, a likeness, an effigy, a construct molded in your image. I have so many questions, Chris Perkins. <laughs> How, as I look in the mirror, yeah, and I'm used to the way that my face moves. How yes. expressive is my face? Does it move? Do I have one like jaw movement? Do I have expressions? Uh, you can see that there is the face does the the whatever your face is made of. It's a a supple material, and it seems to stretch and contort as you make expressions. So you wouldn't say that they're natural, but they're close. Okay. Uh, when my breath catches in my throat and I, I kind of, I go to like, <gasps> you know, do I, do I feel like I can talk like normal? Yes. Weird. How does it feel? It feels odd. And in fact, when you inhale, you can, you can see that you, you get the sense that inside you somewhere is some sort of almost like bellows-like mechanism or something uh, deep within you uh, that you can, you can feel it moving and you can actually kind of just barely hear it. Ugh. Um, do I have a sense of tactile feeling? Uh, you sort of reach out for the nearest thing, a wall, brace yourself against the wall or a bench or something. Uh, it's not sense, you don't feel sensitive fingertip touch. It, it's like touching it with a club. I kind of like gasp and cry out at that. Okay. Um, and then as and I'm like doing this and trying to touch things, do I immediately feel like I have a normal command of my body or is it kind of like learning a new... It's like walking on heels for the first time in your life. Um, you're a little bit wobbly at first, just trying to, uh, and then uh, very quickly, however, you can see that the body is cooperating with you. Um, and you can hear faint, very, very faint little noises and just little tiny clicks and things as you're 
limbs are moving around. Oh, okay. And um, I definitely feel different. Um, but do I have a sense of like, if I, well, maybe this, maybe I'll find this out later. So let me know if it's just a later thing, but mm -hmm. do I have a sense that my uh, spells would still work? Uh, you don't know. Okay. Last question. Am I wearing clothes? Uh, yes, you are not a naked robot. Okay. They look like my old clothes? Uh, yes. In fact, they look like they were procured from the same local tailor as your old clothes. Ugh. He made me like a real doll. It's so gross. And the <laughs> toy, maker, toy maker is still snoring on the other side of the workbench, kind of his head sleeping on a desk, on a tilted desk surrounded by little bits and pieces of wire and metal and shaved off wood and stuff. And between you and him lying on the floor, you can see Paulton in full Raven costume. You haven't yet checked to see whether he's alive or dead. Right. Um, and this is after, we last week, there was the brief moment where she kind of reached out for Paulton, yes. saw her own hands and, and kind of like- Recoiled was, and screamed. Yeah. yeah. So she's already recoiled. She's kind of looking at Paulton. She's looking around the room. And then, like, slowly takes one step, slowly takes another, and then starts, like, full bore, just, like, stomps over to this dwarf, grabs him by the scruff of the neck, or, like, by the collar, lifts him up off the table. I'm assuming I still have the same amount of crazy strength. Yeah. And, like, shakes him, and just, like, through her teeth, whatever that sounds like as a robot says, what have you wrought? <laughs> Shakes him. Answer me! You can see he's still kind of waking up, startled. Uh, his eyes darting all over you, looking into your eyes. And uh, he says, Did you like him? It's, you look very beautiful. What? What are you saying? What have you done? Where's my son? Uh, you can see just in his expressions, you can make an insight check to sort of uh, gauge what he is thinking. I'm using my stream of annihilation dice. Okay. First roll on this one too. Am I going to get lucky? Mm. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I rolled a three, which means I have a, uh, what was I really? Insight? So yes. eight. Okay. Uh, you can hear him mumbling, you're alive, you're alive, you're alive. I don't know what I am, but I'm certainly not alive. And I throw him down next to Paulton and I'm like, "All right, you find out if he's okay right now. Uh, the old dwarf will go over and shake Paulton. Paulton, mm -hmm. uh, you wake up uh, being vigorously shaken on the floor. Uh, you're still wearing that stupid raven stuffed head so you can only see out of one eye and as you look out there's a crumpled up piece of paper lying next to you on the floor uh, and the first thing you sort of fix on is that piece of crumpled up paper and you can see what appears to be a, a hand scribbled drawing of what looks like uh, Simon I'm just going to grab it and like, look at it like yeah, you grab it, and it, it is. It is a hand-drawn 
thing, uh, and, and uh, as uh, Evelyn watches Paulton come to and grab this piece of paper, the piece of paper is the drawing that you gave the toy maker of what Simon is supposed to look like. It was a really good drawing too. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Paulton <clears throat> does appear to be alive. And Paulton, as you look around through the one eye, trying to get your fix on things, you realize suddenly it is a old, and by old I mean decrepit, dwarf who's shaking you awake. And you're lying what appears to be in a cluttered workroom. Um, you see toys on shelves. Uh, would I know if, like for the for the uh, costume, is the head like a separate hood that I can yes, take off? you can take the head off. Okay, I'm just going to like shove him off me and just like, okay. like take the hood off and just like chuck it. Okay, when I'm you do, you like see triggered. You you lay eyes on uh, on this construct uh, standing nearby that is rendered in the likeness of Evelyn. Yet it seems to be animated and well hard to tell, but kind of looks angry and completely still, like eerily still. Do I like? Uh, so can I gather that? Um, so I recognize that it looks like Evelyn. Yes. Do I do I gather that this dude probably made it? Yes, you put the pieces together really quickly because Evelyn told you actually that she had uh, gone uh, to get Simon rebuilt and that there was an old dwarf who was going, who was doing it. So you put all the pieces together at this point, at least all but one. Mm-hmm. Okay. I say to him, I I point and I keep forgetting his name. Something Flamebane. Tyrum. You can, just call him, you can also call him Master Flamebane. Um, I say, Paulton, this is Master Flamebane, who was to rebuild our son, Simon, and instead he has done this. And it sounds very much like Evelyn, but there's just something in the voice that is not quite right, that's hollow. I just kind of, he just kind of like... <laughs> Give out the biggest huh you've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? No, 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 no. I, I look to him. I'm just like, what'd you do? What kind of, what kind of stupid like tricks are you running in here? Uh, and he says, I, I, I just wanted to make something as beautiful as she was. That voice, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Uh, he says, It's the funniest thing I've ever made. Look at it, it's amazing. It's alive. You can see a sense of uh, just alarm on his face like he never would have expected in a million years that the thing would have just come to life like that. So what 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 game are you trying to play right now? Because you you make this you make this robot. I was inspired. I was inspired. You were inspired. And you it's like how'd you how'd you even like get the voice down? Like that's that's the creepiest part. <laughs> he says, I, 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 I didn't do that. Inspired? 
Evelyn just kind of like struts over to him. <laughs> Inspired? Clock, 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 <laughs> She shoves him back over toward Paulton. All right. You killed our son and made me into this. You were inspired, you old fool. Your son, your son. What? I look at Paulton. Simon wasn't our son? <laughs> what do you know about Simon? What do you know about me? Obviously a lot physically, which is really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the uh, fact that he met he met you once and was so struck by your appearance that he sort of embedded that in his memory is quite something. I like, I turn to him. I'm like, okay, I don't know what kind of like, like weird AI shit you got going on in here, but it's getting convincing and I don't like it. I am not a fan of what, of your, of your business, sir. You will get the lowest of reviews. <laughs> I kind of like, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of like, no, Paulton, it's, it's me. It's, I guess my soul, I don't, I was sent back. Do I remember the whole ordeal with the, with the raven and the, and the, like, this? You remember uh, somehow in the ritual being basically transformed or becoming an actual bird and racing forth to snatch Evelyn from the jaws of the soulmonger before her soul was claimed forever. Um, And then... Uh, after pulling her free miraculously, you were flung away and you saw Evelyn flung away from you and away from her gods, um, which uh, you actually uh, would not have seen. So uh, you, but you saw her get flung away and that was, you convinced that she was safe. Uh, There was then a flash of light. You appeared in that weird place with that creature Mm -hmm. who gave you that thing uh, which you realize uh, you're just tripping over now, a severed, blackened hand on the floor. I'm gonna. I like see it. I reach down and pick it up and just look at it, and like things are just like, like piecing together. Yeah. And I, I look at Evelyn. It's like, no. No, 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 no. No, that, that was a dream. That, no. there's. It was real, and thank, thank you for saving me from the darkness, although I don't know whether you should have. Huh. But thank you. But now you have to kill me. If we ever want to get our son back, he's going to need this body. We have to reanimate this body. And this idiot has to reforge this into the shape of Simon. And then we have to do this some sort of ritual. And we've got to bring him back. So you have to kill me so I can vacate this thing. Okay, and we can put look. Simon back in it. Just do it. And she like kneels down. She's like, do it quick. Look, calm calm it real quick okay like i just i was a raven and then You're very were, beautiful as a raven yes thank you i appreciate You're welcome but then there was like a tree lady and now i have this hand and now you're right it's been a weird tuesday okay so like i didn't have the pleasure of meeting the tree lady 
she i'd i i wouldn't hit her up to hang out on weekends regardless but <laughs> to, I, I need a second i need i don't understand i i i can't i can't process this and i'm just gonna i'm i'm just i don't i'm gonna Even, i'm gonna walk out you're okay. gonna walk out yeah i'm just like nope i'm just like nope 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 Nope. Nope. <laughs> door opens. Door closes. <laughs> with my, so with my hand. <laughs> you take it with you? Yep. I'm just like, nope, nope. He's still saying nope in the hallway. Yep. <laughs> All right, Evelyn, uh, you are by yourself with the dwarven engineer. As soon as he walks out, Evelyn tries to like, sometimes when she gets overwhelmed, she like plops down and sits cross-legged, you know? And she's yeah. basically like a gymnast. Like she's very... Uh, agile and stuff so she tries to just like plop down cross-legged but her legs like get tangled and caught and she kind of like falls on her back and then she just like rolls over and gets pissed off (laughs) looks over at this dwarf guy and is like i don't understand the way you talk i don't like what you've done to be honest i would like to smash you with my metal hand that you made why should i not do that She just like rolls her eyes and she just storms out too. She just can't. She's just done. Do I know where like the nearest bar is? Yes, you you know where all the nearest bars are. Cool. I am going to go to one. All right. Uh, Strix, make a perception check. Oh. Oh, this is eight. Okay. A... Strix, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have the iron flask. It's true. I do. It's stuffed in my robes. Right. So they got a grab for it. Okay. (laughs) It'd be real gross. A figure that you don't see. um, uh, And actually, Diath, I'll have you make a perception check as well. Okay. Yay. Okay, I wish I was bullshitting. <laughs> I really wish I was, but that is another natural twenty. Oh my god! What? So all together, that is twenty nine. Jesus Christ! Did you weight these dice, Holly? Like, was it a no. special present? I use a different <laughs> die. This, I use a different die this time. This is twenty every time. Yeah. So yeah. I'm running out of d twenties to use. That'll give me natural twenties. Diaz, with your keen senses, you sense that something else is going to happen in just a second, and uh, you feel a presence, a dark presence in the in the area besides the bugbears. Suddenly, a figure that was invisible becomes visible, and it ah, appears to be of dwarven stature, but wearing black robe and a hood with what looks like almost a Darth Vader-y visor over the face to conceal the identity of the individual. And that individual immediately lets loose a lightning bolt that streaks past you, past the bugbears, and tries to hit Strix right in the chest. Oh, here it comes. So Strix, I'd like you to make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, that was great. Oh, cool. That's an 11. <laughs> you are hit full on by the blast of lightning. Great. Uh, you take 30 points of lightning damage. Yeah, I pass out. <laughs> All right. And at that point, uh, the dwarf makes a beeline for Strix. And I'm and, on fire again. And says and says something in goblin to the bugbears. DF, do you speak goblin? No. All right. <laughs> Uh, so she is able, uh, this, and the sound of the voice coming through the visor is clearly female. Oh, mm, all right. 
And uh, that, that uh, visored figure uh, basically runs uh, tw uh, 25 feet towards Strix, doesn't get to her this round. And at that point in time, the bugbears all turn on you, DF. Oh. And it is your turn. Um, how far away is Strix from me? So she <clears throat> she dimensioned, or she misty-stepped about 30 feet away from you. All and right. there are two bugbears between <clears throat> you and her that were fighting her. And as she gets hit by the lightning bolt, she just yells, run away! <laughs> uh, so after she goes down, uh, D.F. immediately just yells out, uh, no! And like kind of starts in cutting action, disengage, and starts making his way to Strix while uh, muttering under his breath the entire time, just, no, not again, not again. I can't go through this again. Okay. Um, okay, if you disengage, that will be your action. Uh, that, that's my cunning action. Yeah, that's sorry, that's my action. bonus yes. action. So as soon as I get to here, I'm just like defensive defensive stance over her. Okay. Uh, if I'm in rage of dwarf or whatever, like I'll certainly attack. Okay. And just whatever he can to help defend Strix. All right. Uh, the bugbears will, on their turn, uh, come after you and attempt to attack you. Okay. Uh, one of them missed with a 15, I believe. Correct? Correct. All right. Uh, the other one rolled a 21, which is a hit. All right. All right. And does nine points of damage with the Morning Star. All right. I'll take that. Okay. The third one uh, missed with a 14, and the yep. fourth one missed with a 15. All right. All right. So all the bugbears are now on you, trying to beat you down with the Morning Star uh, when this figure. Uh, now, Strix, I need you to make a death save. As, as usual. Oh, yay, 15. All right, one success. Uh, the Waffles is going to come after one of the bugbears and- uh, Avenge me, Waffles. Roll a d20 for me, Holly. I got a nine. Okay, um, this time uh, the bugbear just sort of kicks her off. Oh, no. He's not, <laughs> able, not able to sink her beak into the creature. Oh. But more importantly, I now have an ally. It's true. Yes, you do feet. have an ally within five feet. <laughs> very, very the visored dwarf, um, seeing you standing on top of her, is going to cast a spell on you, DF. Um, All right. And don't see, uh, let's see, just going to level that up to level two. Uh, and you recognize the incantation as a sleep spell. Oh, crap. So. Don't fall asleep, Jared. Yeah, so there's no save on that. It's just how much Correct. It's, it's comparative hit points, yes. All right. Uh, so what are your current hit points? 39. All right. The spell does not affect you. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you feel a yawn, but that's it. All right. Uh, and it comes back around to you, Diath. What do you do? Stab uh, one of these as hard as I fucking can. Okay. Well, with the assistance of Waffles for attempt and sneak attack. Yep. All right. I'm using friendship dice. Friendship dice. Uh, oh, so pretty good. Uh, 24. Yes, you hit. All right. Now I need some D6s. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four. That's the sneak attack damage. And that's the normal short sword damage. 
Uh, let's see, two, four, six, 10, 15, 19, 24 total. You murder that yeah. bugbear, and there are only two of them left. Both, right. of, both of them injured by the fireball blast. Exactly. Uh, uh, as the two remaining bear down on uh, one of them is shot in the shoulder by a crossbow bolt. Oh, sick. And you don't know exactly where it came from. Uh, Please be cross- friendly. But the crossbow bolt hits it. And actually kills it. Right. <laughs> so a third bugbear collapses uh, as the bu- as the crossbow bolt almost clears through its body, and as it falls uh, backward and lies dead on the floor, you can see what appears to be another shadowy form um, off in the distance. <laughs> Why can't it be just like light up? <laughs> it's always got to be shadowing. <laughs> And uh, make a perception check, DF, to see if you can recognize any details whatsoever about this form. Shadows. Uh, 24. Uh, you believe it is another dwarf. Okay. Reasonable You can see the large crossbow that he's got um, that he just sort of pulls up after firing it. All right. Okay. And uh, it is uh, the, let's see. You just went. He just went. The... One remaining bugbear will attack you, DF. Whatever, I'll fight them all. Yeah, you fight them off. Uh, Strix, make a death save. Oh, boy. Oh, Jesus. Oh, 20! I woke up! You're (laughs) awake! This is insane! I wake up! You are awake with one hit point. Yay! And make an attack roll for waffles. 17. That hits. So roll a d4. Do it, Waffles. Do it, Waffles. I got a three. Okay. Uh, That bugbear is wounded, but still alive. Ah. The dwarf with the visor, somewhat panicky now. Oh, dear. Um, She is going to turn invisible. Damn it. And you hear her shuffle off. Damn it. Uh, Dia, there is one bugbear left standing over you and Strix. Yeah, uh, and he too is going to feel like as much wrath as I could possibly give him. So I, I noticed at this point that Strix is still okay. Yes. All right, so like ulti- ultimate relief still falls over Dia, but still enough Correct. hatred and rage against the uh, assaulters that he just stabs back at him as hard as he can. Yep, and you get sneak attack on this guy because of waffles. Yeah, uh, not great. 14? Uh, 14, the bugbear is able to parry that. Okay. All right. All right, uh, the bugbear, um, well, he's going to just keep on fighting. He'll try to beat on you again, DF, but again, you easily get out of the way of his swing. Yeah. And uh, that brings us to Strix. There is a wounded bugbear standing near you. All right. As soon as she wakes up, too, she's going to be like, I'm sorry I slapped you that one time. (laughs) Um, And I guess I guess if there's a wounded bugbear near me. Yep. Oh, what should I do? I don't want to overkill on him, but I don't see that dwarf either. The one that lightning bolt me. I'm a little bit more concerned about that. So um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, open the flask. And let Kaharik out. Okay. You unplug it. Uh, Sand begins to pour out and quickly assume the form of your Tao. 
frenemy. Right. <laughs> so she's just gonna look at him and be like, all right, Sandy, there's a dwarf around here. And she's like coughing because like half of her clothes are like burnt and falling off. And she's like, it's invisible right now. Just go kill them, please. You can see invisible people. All right. So this stone-skinned genie, uh, let me just take a quick look at his stats here. See what he's got in his bag. Uh, do, 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 do. He is compelled to obey you for the next minute. Or sorry, hour. It's a minute, but no, get back in. Did I say oh. I meant hour? All right. Let's see. What does he got? What does he got? What does he got? Um, hmm. Uh, all right. And, uh, he says, I will do as you ask, but after this, we are going to have a talk. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he sort of goes, uh, uh, he says, looks at you and he says, so which way did she go? I'm like, I don't know, smell her out. Oh, smell, smell her out. <laughs> um. All right. Strix is like, are you leather-headed? Just hurry! She's getting away. Uh, he'll, he'll make you. He'll, he'll go wandering <laughs> off. Make a perception check to see if he can hear, uh, see any telltale signs of her. Uh, he's a little bit, you know, looking around in the darkness. His molten gold eyes lit up, looking for any signs. Um, and he kind of goes stomping off about thirty feet. All right, and then uh, that's you, Strix Waffles. Do you want to you want to have her attack? The- uh, yeah, have her attack the bugbear. Okay, make another d twenty roll. So fourteen. Uh, not enough, unfortunately. All right, well, I really want Waffles to have her first kill. She'll just like cough yeah. on him. Her first taste of flesh. All right, the dwarf is invisible and doing other things. Uh, that figure with the crossbow is going to reload and crits the bugbear, shooting him through the skull. Yay. Falls to the floor dead. All Good. of your enemies have been slain or driven off at this point. And you can still hear Kaharik looking. <laughs> I am totally looking. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I am doing the best job. <laughs> uh, what, uh, that dwarf is now advancing toward you. You see he just drops the heavy crossbow and moves toward you with such purpose, it's almost intimidating. All right. Do, do we recognize who this is yet? When he comes into the uh, vicinity of your drift globe, you can see that he isn't exactly a dwarf at all. He's a little bit bigger than a normal dwarf and broader than a typical dwarf. And the complexion of his skin is much more uh, gray, dark gray, than most dwarfs you've seen. And he's got a very strong square jaw with tusks protruding from his lower, from behind his lower lip. And they're sort of yellowed and stained. And his eyes are bloodshot. And his face, his his beard is not fully formed. It's patchy in little clumps here and there on his face. And he's got scars, horrible scars crisscrossing his face. Part of his ear is cut off on his right side. It looks like this guy's been through a hundred battles. And uh, as he advances toward you and he's got uh, leather armor and leather gauntlets, he pulls out a sword oh. and holds it up threateningly. Uh, you can see it appears to be a short sword 
that kind of gleams and catches the light of the drift globe. Uh, he looks like he's going to kill you. <laughs> Strix just like holding her like fiery clothes. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa Cutter, please don't. Don't sit down with the sword, please. And, I mean, it's not going to take much to kill us. Let's talk first. <laughs> she's like coughing, like trying to get the like flames out. If you want to make a persuasion check, you can. Sure, I will. Gladly. Uh, Dia, you can uh, make an insight check. All right. I only got a six, so she just looks messed up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, insight 12. DF, you see he is not paying attention to Strix at all. His eyes are completely on you. What do you do as he advances threateningly? Uh, I mean, I still got my sword out, so I'm still, like, defensive. Mm-hmm. But I still want to try to talk it out first. And just, uh, I'll say... What's this about? Why save us and then approach so hostily? Um, he doesn't answer until he is within swords, your swords swing of him. Okay. Well, and when he gets swords, up to you... Sorry. Sword swing of my, me too, so that's fine. Yep. Uh, you're both within sword swing of each other. <clears throat> and at that point, he says, Are you... Related uh, to Ashton Woodrow Hall. Um, am I? <laughs> I? You don't know. You're an orphan. Ashton Woodrow? Uh, <gasps> do you remember your family? Uh, only barely. I remember that I was sold. Yes, you were. Uh... Very sternly, Deeth respond to, I know of no Ashton. He says, you look like him. Oh, too much. Oh. All right. I mean, I don't know the name. I don't know this person. But why would that garner such hostility. He lowers uh, his sword and and holds it close to him and then says, are you sure it's him? And he seems to be talking to the sword. And then uh, he holds the sword. He turns the sword upside down, blade down to the floor, and holds it out to you. Take it. Oh. Do it. Strix is going to walk out and be like, whoa, wait. Right, no, you don't take, remember, don't take weapons from people or strangers that talk or they're talking to it. Can I, like, Arcana check it or something? Sure. Please, God, do it. Okay. Take the sword. Stop Strix it, you is two. Like, no, you're the voices here. of your friends in your head echo through your uh, mind. Strix, 16. Strix, uh, as you uh, inject yourself between them and look at the sword. Exa- with uh, one hit point, that's yeah. exactly what I'm doing. Yes, with. Exactly. <laughs> Let me look at it. <laughs> uh, you can see that it's got a, this uh, gleaming sword has a black hilt that 
um, uh, uh, is uh, sort of beautifully shaped uh, that ends uh, in a pommel that has a fox head with a red gem gripped in its jaws, which is interesting. Huh. Uh, you also notice that worked into the hilt where the blade and the hilt meet essentially is a keyhole. Oh. Uh, you can see <gasps> um, there are designs and patterns on this sword that with your role suggest it was forged in sigil. Oh, my favorite place! <laughs> Strix is going to get very scared and be like, oh, <laughs> it's from... It, I, she just like mumbles to herself yeah. and is like, like the, the donut. Just you like, can see abyssal uh, indentations worked into the blade. Uh, abyssal glyphs. They spell a word. Do you speak abyssal? I do speak abyssal. I do. Yes. All right. The word is gutter. Gutter. With a G? Uh, G-U-T-T-E-R. Like that place you came from. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) All right. Well, Strix will relay this and be like, "Uh, the fact that it's from Sigil might be bad, but I guess it's yours. Uh, DS will give Strix the most confused look ever. Like, that's... Uh, are you helping? I don't... If there's a keyhole, you have keys. I, I'm i just genuinely terrified that it's from Sigil. That's that's where I came from. Remember, that was a bad place so that I had to leave, and then, you know, and you found me. <laughs> yeah, right? But he's, he's still uh, handing this sword to me, right? Yes, he is holding it out to you. Um, okay. And he seems like he's in a bit of a daze. Yeah. So, if nothing else, do you almost like he's sleepwalking? Right. Uh, DF kind of sees this as a means to at least disarm his opponent. Okay. So he'll put his, his normal short sword over into his left hand and he'll quickly snatch the other one away. Okay. You feel just as soon as it enters your hand that it's a magical weapon, but you can't, until you attune to it, uh, you don't know what its properties are. Okay. Uh, as soon as you part with the weapon, the dwarf. Um, kind of snaps almost out of a fugue uh, and just sort of reels back and kind of stumbles a little bit and turns away from you um, uh, like he was momentarily disoriented or severed from some sort of connection. Uh, And then he kind of regains his composure and he says, no, no, that sword is mine. Uh Uh-oh. You can have it back. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and then he returns to you and says, forgive me. It's not mine. I was a friend of an adventurer who shares your name. Were they from Sigil? Strix is just going to like yell next to him. Like he says, where? Well, you don't know where Sigil is? He shakes his head. Ever been there? The sword is from there. The sword oh, wants to be uh, with the wood rose. Oh. You spoke of Ashton. Who is Ashton? 
my friend. We adventured together for years. And he died and gave me the sword to keep until I could find his inheritors. Uh, and he goes sort of wandering off. I'm just gonna let him go. <laughs> and he picks up his crossbow as he goes. And then you see Dieth that he very expertly, roguishly so, disappears into the shadows. So like I like I almost familiar with his technique, would you yes. say? Yes. Yes. Yeah. He is definitely a rogue. Okay. And right. based on your based on his appearance, you think there what's odd about him is that he's only half dwarf. The other half right. orc. Evelyn, you are you attempting to follow Paulton? Because Man, he's moving with a purpose. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like a little bit awkward too. So yeah. like, I'm kind of like crashing through. Like I imagine there's like a front desk area, mm-hmm. you know, because I had talked to them before. Well, you, have to, the you actually have to kind of walk through parts of the, like the town part of Citadel Adbar uh, to follow Paulton as he makes his way through small crowds to get to the nearest tavern. Uh, yeah. And as you're walking through, the dwarves really don't pay you. I mean, you get some glances and stuff. But the dwarves don't pay you a whole lot of mind. Uh, you can't be the first walking construct thing they've seen moving through here, I guess. Evelyn is like very surprised and like a little offended by that, but like, you know, just keeps kind of just like trucking like one s- stiff, yeah. weird C3PO step after another toward where, yes. wherever Paulton went. About halfway there, you kind of find the semblance of a gate that's kind of similar to what you're accustomed to moving like, but it's still, you're hearing internally some mechanisms and things that are enabling this to happen, and that's disorienting. Yeah, that creeps me out. But yeah, I just am basically following Paulton. Yeah. All right. Uh, So, uh, Paulton, you find Mm -hmm. a bar. A joyous joyous dwarven bar full of copious amounts of dwarven ale. I pop a squat, and I... I have I have my black severed hand that I just kind of throw up on the bar like yeah uh, by the time you get by the time you get there the hand has attuned to you and oh. when you plop it up on the bar it sort of animates and sort of gets uh, and starts to uh, walk around like thing from the Adams family am I like surprised by this uh, no, you kind of sense that it might do that. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of walk it, like watch it walk back and forth, not even, just like following with eyes, just. Yeah. Huh. It might like try to walk up on your sleeve or, uh, <laughs> like grab hold of the one, like your ale mug or something, but it doesn't do anything threatening to you. In fact, uh, you get the impression it's just kind of hanging out with you mm. and, that it, Can I- and that it will obey your commands. Can I grab my ale and cheers with it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it can't. It can't like physically levitate. Like it's I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna like walk, so clunk mine against its. And be like, 
It will crawl oh. up to the top of it of, of it and sort of dip one of its rotting fingers in. Ew. And just sort, of, oh, just sort of squiggle it around in there. And you can see the bartender catches sight of this thing for the first time and can't take his eyes off it. And he's just like eyes wide in horror. I see. I notice the, the barkeep looking at him. I'm just like, it's fine. He's on my tab. <laughs> <laughs> and Evelyn, as you walk into the bar and make your way around, sort of bumping into dwarven shoulders periodically, uh, you might get a dwarf says in something like dwarvish, watch where you're going. And, uh, How rude. Star Wars. Hey. Um, oh, by the way, Chris, chat adamantly would like you to move your uh, mic closer to you if you can. Right. I know it might not, but um, I could do that. Cool. Uh, yeah, I just go and I just kind of like, I have my eyes on Paulton and I'm very like slowly just kind of sitting down next to him and like folding my hands with a metal-y sound. Okay. Next, this is the first time that you see that his rotting black hand has become animate and is moving around the bar. Oh. What, what you, what you got, what you got there, Paulton? <laughs> I don't even look at her. I just hear, I'm just like, Probably something else that'll die soon. It looks like it might already be dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you going to do with it? I don't know. Seems to have his own thing going on. I don't want to get in the way of that. So I'll just let him do him. Seems chill. The hand will come over to you, Evelyn, and just kind of kind of position itself in front of you. But it doesn't uh, seem to it doesn't seem to be threatening. If I use divine sense, do I feel like it's evil? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, so your divine sense picks up if it's it picks up it is undead. Um, now I don't know if divine sense lets you tell good and evil. Uh, Let me just double check. Divine sense. There it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yes, you can just sense strong evil and powerful good. You do not sense evil coming from the hand. Okay. In fact, you kind of sense it's a good hand. A good, <laughs> a good severed undead hand. So I'm kind of like looking at it skeptically, but then as I'm like, eh, you're all right. I give it a little like gold hand fist bump. Does uh, it right. fist bump uh, me back? Yeah, it can sort of hop up, fist bump you and land back on its fingers. I like this guy. <laughs> what do you call him? Uh, then the name that springs to mind when you attune to it is the hand of hell. Like, but you can call it whatever you want, Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> this pops into my head, and I'm just like, haven't decided. <laughs> <laughs> are you? Uh, are you okay? That's the question of the day, isn't it? Uh, the bar, the barkeep, sort of walks by, keeps a watchful <laughs> eye on the hand. Doesn't pay you any mind, Evelyn, and doesn't ask you if you want to drink anything. 
Do I find that I do want to drink anything? No. In fact, you're not thirsty at all. Hmm. That's too bad. Uh, she kind of like just sits there, kind of looks at Paulton, kind of looks down, and she's like, hmm. So about that whole I need to die so we can resurrect our son thing, do you think we could get around to that soon? <laughs> it's kind of urgent. And I know you've been through a whole lot today and you already saved me from eternal damnation, I'm pretty sure, but. It's like, I don't know if I've even fully accepted that that is you in there. And if I did, what makes you think I would do that? Well, I just thought it would be the right thing to do. I mean, what about Simon? What about him? Well, this was supposed to be his body. I don't know how else we resurrect him without this. There is a lot of supposed to going on recently. And I'm kind of, kind of over that. You know, I mean, I've got, I've got, I've, I've got a little hand friend. I don't think I was supposed to have this, <laughs> but you know what? You roll with it. Yeah. I mean, I was supposed to go into eternal darkness, I guess, but then you saved me. And she kind of like, she looks around like she's really not supposed to ask this kind of thing. She's like, how did you do that? Do what? The whole Raven Swoopy save me from hell thing. How did you do it? <laughs> like I have any idea what happened. Yeah, was... the, best, the best thing that you know, Paulton, is that this is this was sort of old Vistani magic. And although you have purported ties to the Vistani, nothing was ever told. You were never told of such things. Mm. Like, look, all I know is you were gone. I was like real Raven. And not, I, I still have the, the like neck down, right? <laughs> yeah. And you like, <laughs> and not this weird mascot thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I, I'm a little, I'm a little hazy on the specifics. Well, why did you do it? Because it seemed like the right thing to do. You always do seem to know the right thing to do. Mm hmm Evelyn, as you're glancing around, make a perception check. Okay. Ooh. Um, 18. Okay. And Paulton, you can sort of hear some sort of little whirring noise from inside your <laughs> friend beside you. Uh, and Evelyn, uh, you're not exactly sure why. You're just sort of glancing around the bar as you're talking. Um, starting your eyes around and you do see uh, in a corner of a bar, some rowdy dwarves and probably the sound of them is what initially caught your attention, but you can see they're, they're drunk and having a great time. Uh, it looks like they might be some sort of uh, wilderness patrol that just got back recently because um, you can see their boots or they still got snow, melted snow around them and their cloaks still have bits of snow on and whatnot. Uh, but uh, you can see a figure 
in the shadows drinking with them, but clearly not of their band. It's possible they joined him or he joined them at some point. And he's striking because he's not a dwarf, he's a human. Um, uh, and he's this kind of dashing young figure with a, uh, a wide-brimmed hat with a feather in it and uh, a fancy cloak kind of thrown over to one arm. And he's, he's drinking with the dwarves and having a good time, but he is watching you and Paulton closely. That much you can tell. Nobody else is really, but he is. Is he hot? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. I look at him. And it's clear he probably thinks he is. I look at Paulton and I look at him. I look at Paulton. Paulton's and I try hair, to. Paul's hair is still messed up from where he had the raven head on, like that's mm-hmm. straw colored hair sticking out in various places, and he's wearing that. I'm trying to determine whether the guy is staring at me because I'm yeah. a gold construct or whether he's staring at Paulton. Okay, make an insight check. Uh, <laughs> 11. Uh, you're not sure. Do I, so I only sense that she's like, like perceiving something or do I yeah, actually? You sense, you sense that she's momentarily distracted by something. You're not drunk enough yet to tune her yeah. out. So it's like, so, so, uh, it's like, it's like noises, right? Right. Cause every yes. time I turn my head, it's like, purr, purr, purr. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to go out on a limb and think something's up. <laughs> okay. uh, you can see that uh, a, a, a dwarven, um, uh, one of the dwarven barkeepers here has gone over to that table now and is uh, filling up, giving new uh, mugs of ale, but also the, the man is talking to that uh, barkeep. <clears throat> it looks like he's ordering something. But while he's ordering, he's not really, he, he's paying, he's still paying close attention to both, to you, one of you, both of you, you're not sure. Have I seen this yet? Yes, you have picked up on it now. I'm just going to look over and be like, is there a problem? <laughs> a bunch of dwarves kind of all turn and look at Paulton uh, as he shouts across the bar. Some of the conversations stop, some of them don't. Uh, there's still some laughter in various corners that is unrelated to any of this. Um, the dwarves who are gathered around this human, uh, they don't initially pay mind, but it's clear that the human has picked up on the tone. And uh, he sort of shoot, he sends the barkeep in his way, and uh, he just sort of looks up at you, tips his hat gentlemanly, uh, and uh, says, no, everything's fine here. Go back to your drink, folks. And uh, he says, just with some friends of mine. And uh, turns his eyes back to the dwarves. Could I like... Halton, it's fine. He's probably just staring at you because you're so pretty. <laughs> Could I like insight check to see sure. if I even believe that? Yep, go ahead. Uh, that would be a 12. Uh, the, the, the hint of a smile on his face suggests that uh, he... It has an insincerity to it. I'm going to walk over to him. Right. I'm going to, like, grab a chair <laughs> on the way. Right. You sort of you get up. You start to drag a chair across the floor <laughs> over toward the sky. Uh, Evelyn, what do you do when Paulton uh, leaves his drink and takes the chair? I, I, like, immediately jump up. And again, my dexterity is still kind of yeah. off-kilter. So kind of like... <laughs> what do, yeah. do you do? The hand jumps onto your shoulder, Evelyn. 
I, I kind of am like, all right. And I like roll in, <laughs> roll in with my, my new hand, homie. All right. Uh, it wasn't fast enough to jump on Paulton's shoulder, but it manages to get on yours. Uh. Right. Uh, Strix and DF. Uh, you have felled the bugbears and DF, you have the sword with the key lock in it. I whisper to the hand, he really likes chairs these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, DF, you should open the sword. I don't know if you could open a sword, but maybe it'll give us some answers. I don't know. By the way, I'm just going to start yelling Xerath. Come on, Sandy. I don't know if you found the person yet, but it's getting late. Sun's going down. Uh, you don't see uh, hide nor hair of the... Um, the Dow, but you can, if you want to go into the darkness to try to find him, you can. Oh, I don't want to go in the darkness anywhere, but <laughs> I'll just tell Dieth, like, Dieth, we have to go find Kaharik, because I have to put him back in the thing so he doesn't come and kill us at night, or something. <laughs> also, did you sit open the sword, and I'm sorry I hit you. I accept your apology. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you're going to go uh, after Kaharik or you're going to do something else? All right. Um, yeah, so Strix says she's going after Kaharik. Um, Dieth will follow her. Okay. But in the meantime, he's just kind of like basically like the new sword he's received is kind of scoping out the whole time, kind of like looking it up and down and just kind of more mystified and confused. And Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautifully crafted sword. Um, uh, and as you sort of keep it, um, you can see that it, it wants to be attuned to it, like, you know, it wants that sort of connection. Um, and uh, the the fox head is obviously emblematic of something, but you don't know what. The red gem uh, is just a dark red gem set into its mouth, and then uh, the blade itself has the name of the weapon in it, in Abyssal. It's light, uh, um, and it feels like a good fit for your hand. It's, it looks like a human weapon. Okay. That's not something weird that was made by like a tiefling or something. Yeah. All right. Uh, as you uh, follow Kaharik, uh, you don't see hide nor hair of him, but you do see what appears to be an open secret door in the in one wall of the hall. It's only open about a foot or so, enough for maybe a dwarf to squeeze through. Kaharik to get through that door would have had to have altered his form in some way because it's only about five feet high. Have we been through this hallway before? Yes. Damn it, why didn't I ask you a secret door? I'm usually so As Diaz says that, Strix is like, maybe it's because you're depressed. No, so, as, you're, as you're sort of glancing at the door, you can see, without closing it, that were you to close it, you think the dwarven stonecraft would be quite incredible. The door would, the door would be very well hidden. So it's clear that Kahar didn't go this way, but someone definitely did, and recently. Well, he could have if he was sand. Yeah, technically. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you've seen Kaharik assume almost a almost like a sandy, gaseous, flying gaseous sand form. We yeah. can check in here, but you go first. I check for traps. Behind the door, you can see a long tunnel leading off into darkness, and there are cobwebs and dust aplenty in here, but you also see what appear to be footprints indicating the passage of a dwarf. Okay. Any sort of indication of the passage of a weird sand snake? No. Uh. All right, you want to go this way? I I don't see any other way we should... Yes. Okay. 
Okay. All right. So I'll, I'll, uh, Death will take the lead and okay. then be, uh, using his, uh, dungeon delving feet, uh, be on the constant lookout for traps as, and other potential secret doors as they, uh, approach. Okay. Go and you've got the drift globe to light the way. So make yeah. a perception check for me, Death. Okay. Mm, 23. Okay. Uh, the passage begins, you, the passage comes to what appears to be a labyrinth of passageways heading off in various directions. And it is really the dust and the cobwebs that suggest where the dwarf went to. And as you follow the, these footsteps through this labyrinth, uh, you can see at various points, it opens up onto catwalks overlooking machinery big stone gears and other things, like you're kind of in the inner workings of Citadel Adbar's defenses. Cool. Um, and you can hear, uh, most of them are still, but in the distance you can kind of hear low clunks and thumps of some mechanisms that are in motion, um, controlling things that you can only imagine. Uh, and as you uh, uh, follow the footsteps, they lead you deeper and deeper and deeper, up, down, sideways, back, forth, through, uh, Citadel Adbar. Um, and uh, let's see, if you're moving at 30 feet, uh, you do see at one point uh, a branching passageway uh, that leads off into a lit area. And uh, it looks like the footprints go in that direction. And you can see it spill out onto a ledge overlooking the market. Oh. Okay. I mean. And it's like a 20-foot drop down to the market floor. So they made it to the market. Ugh. We'll never find them. All right, where are you, Kaharik? I'm just going to yell. Come back! You is the, the market is currently, like, like, bustling and, like, a lot of people, or? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, as far as you know, Strix, coming back wasn't in your orders. Oh, oh, he gotcha. Strix just lies on the ground and starts screaming. <laughs> like, oh, I've had a bad day. Yeah. Uh, at that point in time, the sword becomes attuned to you, DF. Damn it. No, I didn't want And that. the red gem lights up. Ah, oh, hell. Glows. I mean, they like, kind of like hold it out. like It's still like blade down. It's so, like, ah. Yeah. And when you hold it out, it says... Hello, Diaz. Ah! In common? Yes. All right. Hello? It's so good to be with you. <laughs> Who are you? I'm Gutter. What are you? I'm a magic short sword of backstabbing. where did you come from if you'd like to know more about my origins I suggest you use the key what do it you do have the key I've always had it. The uh, DS will get his ring of keys out. Okay. Uh, 
and he's used one before. Yes. So he's going to like kind of flip through that one. Mm -hmm. Kind of look at the keyhole, look at the others. Okay. Uh, and pause for a moment, even actually glances over at Strix with a face that kind of even says like, is this a good idea? Should I be Strix isn't looking. She's still on the ground screaming. <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm so stupid. Oh, I don't know magic at all. It's not clear that she can even hear the sword's voice, DF. There doesn't seem to be any recognition on her part. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so with that, DF almost kind of like turns his back to him. Okay. Turn his back towards Strix. And then uh, with he, whatever one he believes to be a proper key, uh, and then insert it and twist to unlock whatever it is. All right. Uh, when you do that, uh, a uh, gateway <gasps> opens up in front of you. It just tears open. Like, Oops. As soon as uh, Strix sees that, she's just like, oh, no, oh, no. She's just like rolling around. Yes. And Strix, you can tell immediately that a gate key has been used to open a planar gate. <sighs> Strix is just trying to explain that to Dieth, but she's not really speaking normally. So she's like, <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, stepping through the gate into view is a robed creature about six feet tall maybe a little bit more than six feet tall, uh, with uh, the robe is, that it's wearing is quite immaculate, uh, red uh, with black thread. And uh, it is being worn by a creature that looks like a bipedal humanoid fox. Oh. And oh, great. Uh, with a fox tail. <laughs> oh, Cool. And, and spectacles, <laughs> a small pair of spectacles perched on its nose. Uh, and this uh, fox-like creature has long fangs and a wreath of vines worn about its head. And some of those vines sort of trail down from the wreath down her back and seem to move of their own accord. And you can see these vines are unusual because they've got all these razor-like spines. Oh, mm -hmm. oh. I know that real well. Mm -hmm. uh, you can yeah. see more closely that her robes have arcane sigils woven into them. And even uh, uh, you can see uh, her long kind of taloned fox-like fingers uh, are all sort of well manicured and sort of perfectly um, uh, painted. And this figure stands before you and says... I see the sword has found a new owner. And you are who? Strix is going to throw herself in front of Dia and be like, don't talk to it! <laughs> <laughs> so, but she kind of trips and falls like in front of Dia and the creature, like kind of getting tangled, hopefully in some of the, the razor vine. But, and she's just like, no, no, no! <laughs> Uh, uh, at so that point in time, uh, the the creature is distracted by Strix's, <laughs> and actually kind of turns away from you, DF, and kneels down next to Strix, and kind of like Strix kind of tries to grab you to pick you up. <laughs> and she says, "I know you. 
No, you don't. You don't know me. We've met before. What? No, I was... Maybe. It's been a long time, though. I don't remember. (laughs) She's just, like, looking at the ground. (laughs) If you were... Step away from her. If you were in the hive, maybe you kicked me or something. I don't know. You were in the hive. Yeah, for a while. I knew you looked familiar. I also made donuts for a while. Yeah, you're (laughs) being completely ignored by these. Yeah. Um, but why are why are you with my friend sword my friends call me Shemeshka at that point she stands does Strix Uh, remember running into this creature at all Strix uh, make a history check (laughs) my own to see if I was too panicked to know what was happening or not (laughs) Uh, 15. When you were a child and in the care of your grandma, grandma. No, right. Um, you had a brief but scintillating encounter briefly with one of grandma's associates. And this creature seems to fit the bill. You do have a childhood memory you think that she may have tried to buy you. Oh. I'll recall that and then scramble up and just be like, bad news! It's bad news! Mean, mean magic magic person, bad. They tried, I'll tell tell D at that. And you know that this creature is called an Arcanaloth. It is a type of fiend well-versed in magic. I also know that they could probably kill us in like one blink. Oh, you know that Arcanaloths are among the most powerful fiends in the multiverse. Right. I just peed myself a little. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Dieth clearly senses Strix's utter terror. Shemeshka will say, You have summoned me. I will answer three questions that you have, no more than three, and then return to my plane. And I will take that key with me. If you wish to summon me again, use another one of your keys. Uh, look, oh, look, oh, red strix. Asking fiends questions is bad. You don't really want those answers. That's my opinion. Bye. <laughs> nice on you. Okay. Uh, Diaz will look back at their Conaloth, kind of back down to the sword as well, back up at Shemeshka. Yep. Um, where are Paulton and Evelyn? She says. I don't know who they are. <laughs> I'm not a god and I'm not a psychic. Oh, Jesus. She says, I am a researcher. If it can be learned, then I know it. Oh. Okay. Since I didn't explain, I won't count that one. Thank you. <laughs> oh, so nice. <laughs> Do we have anything that need that need? And you, you, um, Strix, you know when she says that that Arcanaloths they hoard 
lore from across the multiverse. So they are extremely learned. All right, I'll try and explain that to Diep and just say, if you need to know something, something, anything, maybe. Perhaps you'd like to ask me who made that sword? That'd be a good question. Yeah, I just, I have so many, I'm trying to, I have so many I want to ask. My time is precious, dear. Oh, we know. I remember when you tried to buy me. You needed me to research things. Tell me everything you know about the sword. She turns back to Strix. No! (laughs) Now I know you. I remember you. You were quite the darling thing back then, weren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Strix is just going to stare. Stare like... (laughs) I'm sorry. uh, What was your question, Edith? Uh, I just said, tell me everything about this sword. That's not a question. Will you tell me everything about this sword? No, no, I'm not yes. asking that. Uh, okay. Uh, 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 Do catch up, dear. Ah, uh, just give me a second. I've been through so much. Okay. Uh, who made this sword? I did. And for what purpose? She says, as a gift to an adventurer, one of your descendants, I believe. You do bear a resemblance to her. Her? So it's been around for a while. I believe her name was... Dareth. That's two questions. What's your third? Mm. Strix, Strix is going to poke him and be like, uh, ask about, ask about the, the, the reason we were dying. Oh, okay. Uh, sure, yeah. Strix and I were under a curse of death where we suffer the same symptoms. We're slowly dying by things that have killed us before. What was causing that? That sounds familiar. Hmm. Have you made enemies of the undead? A lich, perhaps? Does a vampire lord count? Maybe. I mean, which one? Lich. She says, which one? Uh, his name was Strahd von Zarovich. Oh, I've heard of him. Don't get so excited because it was a bad time for us. <laughs> she says, this type of thing is exactly what might happen if an evil godling was somehow present in the world and sucking life in order to rejuvenate itself. Perhaps your enemy has one of those. Hmm? That sounds bad. Rejuvenating itself. Feeding on the life forces of the mortal puny. Death, I don't think we're ready to fight uh, a godling. She says, what world is this? Uh, This would be Toro. And uh, she sort of goes through her mental catalog and says... 
I suggest that you learn everything you can about Aserak. He's here. The key, if you please. Strix, Strix is going to try her. and pronounce it. She's like, Aser, Aserak. Dieth will take one of his kings, like, remove from the ring and then yeah. give it to her. She takes it in her hand and leaps back through the portal and it closes up behind her. So you are down one key. Okay. Ass crack? Ass crack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, meanwhile, Paulton, you yeah. drag the chair over across the tavern uh, toward this guy mm-hmm. uh, who is sort of kicked back uh, in a pose that suggests he could see you're coming this way and he's trying to get a read on what you're up to, but he's not moving or flinching. His dwarves are too busy drinking to care. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I'm just going to plop the chair next to him. I'm just going to sit down, I'm just going to lean in like, I asked you a question. I didn't like your answer. So, is there a problem? No, no. And uh, he says, I'm just another visitor here like you. And uh, your reputation precedes you. You're the one they call Paulton, no? And he holds out, he holds out a, a hand to shake it, and he says, Vorpus. Vorpus Krenner. I'm going to have my animated hand shake his hand in my stead. All right, it sort of leaps off of Evelyn's shoulder onto the table, and extends itself out toward him. The dwarves all freak out when it lands, <laughs> and they start to try to bash it with their mugs. And it sort of hops around the table while they're flailing at this thing that's landed in their midst like a big dead bug. And Vor- they- Vorpus they- just tries to calm them. Mm-hmm. And the dwarves settle down, and they're all just freaked out. Godfather, what is that? Oh my God, who's a severed hand? Don't let it touch you. It'll inflict some horrible curse upon you. Can I... Uh, Suddenly the bar sort of clear... The table clears away, and it's just you and Vorpus and the hand. Oh, that Vorpus, works. Vorpus will kind of shake the hand, mm-hmm. and he kind of holds up the hand while he's shaking it. He's like looking at it, and he says, Wait. <laughs> Sleep. And Evelyn, you're up, to, you're up at this point. Like, so I thought for a minute there, I thought you were going to swing the chair and try to hit me over the head with it. And what, what would give you that idea? Oh, I don't know. Just the way you were storming toward me. Couldn't get a read on that. And your pension for chairs. <laughs> uh, a plate comes out to the man delivered by the barkeep, and it's a plate of waffles. Oh, no. I just flops a container of syrup nearby and pours syrup over the waffles. A single tear rolls down Evelyn's cheek. (laughs) No, it doesn't. 
Do you have Chris Perkins? He won't even let me cry. Sad. Um, can I just look and be like, uh, and just like grab a waffle? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he'll, he'll ask the barkeep to bring over uh, some more. He'll just push his plate over to you so you can have the plate and he'll get another plate from the barkeep and take one of the waffles off and eat it and slice it up and you can just start chopping on it, pour some more yeah. stuff on there. Uh, you, you can't smell the waffles. I'm, I'm just having a little existential crisis about how much like my soul wants to eat the waffles, but nothing else in me has the ability or desire to eat waffles. I'm very bothered by this. I uh, I take a bite of it. I'm just like, you know, I, was, I always thought these were a little overrated. <gasps> hmm. So anyway, you say I have a reputation. Here among the dwarves of Citadel Adbar, you're quite the celebrity. I look around. He says, cool. everyone here loves you. You're quite famous. Some of the dwarves say they're making medals for you. Heroism in the face of giant adversity. Well, they do a pretty fantastic job, I think. Uh, Paulton, make a constitution saving throw. What? Okay. No. Just having a nice waffle. There's something funny about the waffles. No. Come on. No. Uh, That would be a 21. Okay. Can I just like spit it out? Yeah. Yeah, you can. You can spit it out. Like at his face? (laughs) Uh, That seems to surprise Vorpus. And he kind of says, are something wrong? Probably. I just like throw it and push the plate back at him. Okay. Uh, when you do, he sort of kind of stand, uh, kind of backs off in surprise because he wasn't expecting this. Uh, you can see he's genuinely surprised by your reaction. He says, uh, and he's been eating them. He says, they taste all right to me. You don't like them? We can get you something else. They have a lot here. Um, I'm good. I'm good, fam. Evelyn, uh, make a perception check. Ooh. Um, 20. You can see um, that uh, this is sort of a darkened place, but there is a hearth that's got fires, and there are lanterns set about to kind of uh, light the dim corners and whatnot. Uh, You can see uh, uh, the shadows playing about. Uh, You are struck, or reminded, rather, uh, for the first time, that Paulton's shadow isn't there. Um, You see Vorpus in his shadow. You see other dwarf shadows around. You see an empty chair shadowed on the wall, which Paulton is sitting in, but no shadow of Paulton there. Um, is, this is something that you've been aware of ever since you left. Yeah. Barovia, but you're struck by it this time. Um, and uh, Vorpus says, look, I'm but a friend here and I don't wish to make any trouble. 
I'm sorry you don't like their waffles. They're quite popular. Does mm. that guy have a shadow? Yes. Uh, he says, if you need a friend, I'd like to be thought of that. Vorpus Krenner. I'll be around for a few days. Not to be rude or anything, but why would you want to be friends with us? Other than that Paulton's famous. Mm. He says, I represent some interests in this realm. And, well, we're always on the lookout for those of noble heart and spirit who might see it upon themselves to help those in need. We're the good guys. And uh, he'll pull out of his glove a coin and just sort of slide it across the table toward you, Evelyn. And you can see it is a silver piece uh, with what looks like a, uh, a face, like, a, like you find on many coins, the head of somebody on it. I look at it and I look at him and I'm like, what do I look like to you? What, what are you trying to pay for? <laughs> he says, he says, I'm paying for the dinner. Please stay. Have a good time. I'll see you again soon. And he gets up, gets, you know, um, gets, straightens out his cloak and prepares to leave. Does my divine sense pick up anything about him? Uh, you don't sense any strong evil, but you are sensing the presence of evil in the area. Not from him. And I don't get a He's sense clean. of... <laughs> you get a sense of good from him. And, and I, do I get a sense of where this evil is emanating from at all? Paulton. What? Or his general vicinity. I start kind of like, like sniffing around him. Like I'm kind of just like... Do I take notice of this? Oh, she's acting weird again. <laughs> I completely ignore Vorpus. When he says he's leaving, I'm like, ah, okay. And I just am focused on Paulton. I'm okay. examining him very carefully. All right. As the two of you, um, as you notice that Evelyn's looking at you weird, and Evelyn, you notice that there's something going on in the vicinity of Paulton that's evil. You start to hear the noise in the hall become more deadened and deadened. And the outer edges of the tavern become lost in darkness. <laughs> light seems to co begin to coalesce around you, the dim lantern light. Uh, it's like parts of the tavern are fading away into blackness. I, I grab Paulton and haul him to his feet and hand him the chair and then stand back to back with him protectively. Okay. Um, as soon as you pull Paulton from the chair... Paulton, when you stand up, uh, you see Evelyn is beside you, but you're not in the tavern anymore. Uh, you appear to have stood up out of a large wooden throne. What is going on? <laughs> and you see the, the, wood, the wood of the throne has uh, sort of velvet cushions kind of set into its high back and into its arms, and into its seat. And you can see a prominent uh, motif uh, that looks like a symbol of the sun carved into the, the top of the throne. All around you, you see a cobweb, dust-strewn throne hall, in one corner of which 
is a large round window with no glass. Do I see this too? Yes, you're there. You take in dusty air around you. You are in what appears to be a castle throne room. And then you hear uh, a rumble of thunder in the distance. I, I'm guessing I recognize this room. Uh, yes. This appears, <gasps> this appears to be Count Strahd von Zero. Oh, no. <laughs> Your own hall. <laughs> and you hear outside of a large set of double doors, a sort of clop, 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 clop of footsteps approaching. And then you hear a chink, 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 chink with a sort of somebody jangling the locks and the door handles. Big, giant, tall, uh, double doors um, to this throne hall begin to creak open. Um, can I like quickly cast invisibility on Evelyn? Yes. Okay, I'm doing that. Evelyn turns invisible, and moments later, the vampire Escher walks <laughs> into the room. Do I? I know I'm invisible, right? Yes. So, and he bows, my lord. Wait, what? My lord. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? And that's where we'll stop for tonight. <laughs> Now we have to live with that for a week? (laughs) I thought the Arcanaloth was bad. So uh, we're in uh, Throwback Tuesday or something now? (laughs) No, you're in in present day Tuesday now. (laughs) All right. During my Q&A, someone was like, do you think that Strahd will come back into play? And I was like, I don't know, maybe, like, (laughs) way in the future. The answer is yes. (laughs) Always yes. Yes. We have solved none of our problems. Escher? Oh, my gosh. Paul looks uh, around with his biggest, ha! Huh! <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to point out all the things that went wrong in this episode. Uh, so we lost the, the, the Kaharik. We lost him. They, uh, they always say, don't split the party, and I think this is the splittest the party can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, made friends with a sword that talks to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and whose hand do you have? We don't know. It seems friendly. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Everything's terrible. <laughs> you sense that Paulton right. was evil, and now he's the Count of Barovia. So, well, you sense that there was an evil around him. It wasn't that necessarily. Oh, okay. Evil, okay. And now okay. Evelyn's hanging out. Escher's back. Oh my gosh, the drama is so real. All right. Uh, so we will be returning to Ravenloft. Next week, Holly, you're out, correct? Yes, I'm gone next week. Okay. No! Yeah. no! I know. Okay. I know. I'm sorry. I need you most. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. DF by himself is always fun. Yeah, Waffles <laughs> is there. Yeah. Don't worry. Waffles is still there. Yeah, yeah. We'll be all right. But yeah, I'm going to Ireland, so I'll be gone. Yes. So, Enjoy your trip. Much deserved. Yay. Mm-hmm.
Yeah. Will you watch the game while you're Of course I will. I will stay up and watch it. Will you be with us, Holly? So I said, I don't know where I'll be. I might be able to join from Ireland, but I'll keep you guys updated if I can join. Keep keep us updated. If you can join, it would be great to have you. I'm sure you'll be in perfect surroundings for next week's. Please play (laughs) asterisks from the chat. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I might be able to join depending on what we're doing that day. So hopefully I can. If not, then be prepared. But if I can, then I will. All right. Um, and, uh, it's a little bit ahead of the game, but just so you know, in advance, uh, July 4th is a Tuesday this year and we won't be playing on that day. So I think next week is the last week before the July 4th holiday. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so, uh, there will be a number of reunions next week. Oh my God. Does anybody have any announcements they want to give before we part company? I have a question. Yes. Are we going to have a guest playing Escher? No. Oh, okay. It'll be played by me as usual. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, good, good, good. Uh, I will announce I'm playing misclicks right after this. Uh, the parents just died there, so, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> really in good emotional shape with D&D. Uh, so that's on twitch.tv slash misclicks. That's all. Excellent. Uh, not this weekend, but next, actually July 4th weekend, is Anime Expo here in Los mm. Angeles. Mm-hmm. I will be there just wandering about. No panels or official signings or meetups or anything planned. But if you happen to see me wandering around, please come up and say hi. I would, I would love to chat about uh, D&D or mm-hmm. whatever. So if you see me at Anime Expo, say hi. Yeah, yeah. And uh, seconding Anime Expo, I'll also be there. I, I don't have my schedule, but I know I think on the Saturday of the event, I'll have a panel and a signing with Funimation. So it's going to be fun. So come say hi. Sweet. All right. Then that's a wrap for this week. Have a fun game, Anna. Why, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks, guys. Tune in next week, folks. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of Dice Camera Action with Chris Perkins. Don't forget, Chris and the Waffle Crew broadcast live on twitch.tv slash dnd every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com slash dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecameraaction.gamepedia.com. Until next week, happy hunting. Happy hunting.